Welcome to Incoming with Margie Avery, where we consider life and how to get through it happily. Welcome to a new episode of Incoming with Margie Avery. I apologize out of the gate that I haven't been on here in a while. Uh, there's going to be episodes coming up where I explain my absence, a lot of things going on. But today's episode is about the fact that I started a new job. You guys have always been hearing about me working from home, doing my own thing, and I made the decision to return to work. And I want to talk a little bit about how I approach that because if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know how I feel about workplace environments, the importance of your happiness in those places. So what I did, I looked around a lot. I went through online job searches and I narrowed it down to four companies. Um, I chose this one because when I had a second interview in person with the owner, I felt like I could trust him. Now, so far, that's been founded. And I will tell you that my thinking when you're approaching a job, when you're going to work for somebody, it has to be about more than the pay, the benefits. It has to be about the environment and the person that you are going to be working directly with. And in my case, this was going to be the owner. You have to imagine yourself in the worst possible scenario with this person. Like they've made you angry or there's something that you, you really need to give your opinion about. Do you feel that you can do that? Is this someone that you can talk to in that manner? And if you don't have that, I don't recommend working for that person because it is in all likelihood going to eventually happen and you need to be able to talk. And th this is something that the guy that I'm working for brought up in our interview, something that he feels you need. So it was a decent offer and, and the environment at this point in my life is much more important to me than what I'm making. Obviously I have to make enough money to pay my bills, but I have to live my life too. I have to be happy. I don't want to be in a place that I dread going to. And I, no matter what, still, I always say that I give a job a six-month honeymoon. So we're only four months into the six-month honeymoon, but so far, so good. And it's interesting, I'm a director of accounting for travel-related companies, the best I can say. And I work with about 60 other people, all of whom, well, with the exception of the owner uh, who's my direct report, his controller, CFO, whatever title we might want to give him. I, I work with him, although I don't directly respond to him. And there is a report to him. I don't know where respond came from. But anyway, there is also a, an IT person uh, that we're the only ones that are over 35, 40 years old. The vast majority are in their late 20s, early 30s. And I have a uh, accounting manager that works directly under me. And it, she's an interesting study of people because she 
is very kind of passive-aggressive. She, she lacks self-esteem. She is someone who is very much in need of approval and a, and a little pat on the head from the owner. And I, I should preface this with the owner is the type of guy that, you know, he reminds me of my dad, that generation of dads. They rule with an iron fist. You don't get praise, but boy, do you hear the loud lecture when you've done something wrong. So I'm comfortable with this, having been raised by a man like that. She is not so comfortable with it. And I am tasked with teaching her, mentoring her, if you will, how to maneuver these things properly. And <clears throat> excuse me, I had a, an interesting situation with her that came up about a week ago. The owner of the company called her up and he was railing about the numbers, the, the people doing invoicing, not getting as many invoices done as they should. And mind you, this is our very busy time of the year. He got left in, in, in a bad position by a long-term employee that quit probably purposefully just before this season started. He had to shift this person's responsibilities onto my accounting manager who he would normally lean on that accounting manager to help significantly with invoicing at this time of the year. And we have two brand new invoicing people. So my accounting manager, let's call her Mary. Mary was ready to jump up and go drop an iron fist on what are really my people. And I stopped her and I said, wait a minute, you're not understanding when he, the owner, let's call him Bob, when Bob complains, I said, he doesn't want you to turn around and just go yell at these other people. He wants you to solve the problem. So let's dissect this. First of all, he is an owner who's upset because it's a busy season. He's in a bad position with the staffing that he has. And it isn't happening as fluid or quickly as, as he had hoped or as it should be. I said, and we can't go and yell at two people who've only been doing this job for a couple of months because they understand the process, but they need practice to get fast at it. And practice just takes time. And I told her she was taking the win because he patted her on the back about how many invoices she was getting done. And my, you know, I wasn't trying to knock her down a notch, but I wanted her to really think about what was going on. I said, look, you've been doing invoicing for a year and you were watching experienced people do it for two years prior to that. The number of invoices you put out is what I would expect from someone with your background. I said, well, let's talk about the third person doing invoicing who's been here 14 years. She should be running circles around you and she's not. So how do we say something to these two new people but not say something to her? I said, now she has whatever arrangement that she has with Bob, and I don't care about that, but he wants to handle her on his own. But I said, what we really need to do, and we can't solve this problem today, but what we really need to do is go teach these people. When you're doing invoicing, that type of work, it can become production work, and it can become very mind-numbing. We need to show them the big picture. What happens with these invoices at the next step and why it's so critical and why it's so time sensitive to make them feel or truly see 
what an integral part they are in in the big picture here. And we did that instead. So I'm thinking, you know, there is an affirmation that I make when I'm driving to work every day. And I say, God, teach me and help me to be kind, to be patient, and to be understanding in all that I do. And it works for me. I don't ever want to be that person in the office that makes it a miserable workplace for someone else. Even if I am the most experienced one in the room or the most knowledgeable one in the room, I don't, my ego does not need that win so badly that I'm willing to throw other people under the bus to bask in it. I don't need the spotlight that badly and, and Mary needed it really badly. She was so wrapped up in the fact that Bob had patted her on the back that she failed to remind him of some details such as one of these invoicing people had a particularly heavy load given to them a couple of weeks prior because the other invoicing person took some time off and it was Mary who made the choice to give this big load to one person rather than spread it around evenly. And this had already been discussed with Bob, but it, about a week or two had passed. He'd certainly forgotten. So she was all prepared to go out and ruin these people's day and maybe cost us long-term employees and hindered their training by throwing them under the bus just so she could take the win. I don't want to be that person. I haven't had a chance to talk to Bob yet, but when I do, I'm going to remind him that this is none of these people's fault that we're in this position. They are new. It's not their fault that this long-term person left at a pivotal time. And they, in all fairness, cannot be compared to the speed of someone who's been doing it 10 months longer than them and watching now gone, very experienced people do it two years prior to that. That's not fair. So maybe this is going to be a rough ride this season. It probably is. But let's build a good foundation for next season. Let's keep these people motivated. Let's teach them accounting processes, which no one's taught them. Let's get them positioned to do great things next year when we're busy, rather than making them angry, possibly losing them as employees with the company altogether. And in this market, it's too hard to find people. And this company, there are a lot of people that act like Mary towards Bob. It isn't really what Bob wants, but they think that, you know, the, the, the ruling with an iron fist makes them think, I'm just going to make him happy rather than realizing what will really make him happy. Do your job. Do it efficiently. If you need help, say so. Luckily, that is one of the things I admire about this guy. He, he really doesn't try to build people up by tearing them down. He's just a stressed out owner that knows he has a weak workforce left over from COVID and the impact it can have on his bottom line. And when he gets people that the frustration level builds because they really aren't listening, hearing, understanding what they need to do, he blows. And I get it. I've been that person. I could be that person. But 
I just want to make sure that in my position that I am truly a mentor, that I work as a team, that I don't say things or do things that leave people feeling bad, that I do what I can to help them rather than tear them down. I don't want to be the person that when given the opportunity to be the oppressor, I enjoy it. I want to remember what it felt like to be oppressed in the workplace and do something different, handle it the way I wish people had handled it with me. And too often in the world, people who have been oppressed, when given the opportunity, they don't really want to overcome and do better. They want an opportunity at bat. They want to be the oppressor for a minute. And I'm not going to do that. I am not going to choose to be that. That's not who I want to be. It's not how I want to be. I want to really make that change. And I've reached a point in life where that's who I am and that's how I'm going to conduct myself. And if that doesn't work for Bob or anywhere else that I work, I'll figure it out. Because I've arrived at the notion that, you know, it isn't, I've made it this far in life. I own a home. I do okay. I'm not wealthy, but, you know, I make it. And I've made it for 40 years working, and I didn't work for the same company for 40 years. I've probably worked between companies that I've owned and working for people 35 different places out of 40 years, and I'm not ashamed of that either. So when I look at that and I think, well, wow, you know, it isn't like you relied on this paycheck from Bob or, or anybody else, any one person, to survive for 40 years. You've kind of job hopped for multiple reasons, and yet you have still made it. So I know that I'll figure it out. If I have a superpower, it's figuring out how to make money. And I will do that. So I'm going to be me, and I'm going to conduct myself in a way that I admire, that I can sleep at night with. Because I don't want to be the oppressor. I want to be a positive change. I want to demonstrate to people a better way to resolve conflicts. And I'm not even implying that I'm perfect at it, but that I try. I'm trying. That's my focus. That's my goal. That's what I'm attempting to do. I'm thinking about it. I'm not sitting there going, oh, wow, now I have the chance to like, you know, to give this, you know, give it back the same way it was given to me. I'm not, that's not me. That's not who I am. And if Bob doesn't like it, I'll go to the next place and work. Or I'll start another company and figure out how to make a living. Because there's always a way. But the main focus should be being your true self. Not becoming something that you think will please someone else and possibly vicariously benefit you. Don't live your life needing someone else's approval of everything that you do and everything that you say and how you act and how you dress. It is okay to be you. There are no bad personalities, just bad ways that people let it manifest. So that's my story, and I, I challenge you guys to do the same. Be you. But always temper it with the good version. You know, you can be a loudmouth, and that's okay, as long as what's coming out of your mouth loudly is funny or entertaining or positive, not damaging to other people. It doesn't matter what the personality trait is. It isn't bad unless you turn it into something bad. 
So give that some thought. I'm going to be back, hopefully, with some regular episodes. And in the coming episodes, I'm going to go into some explanations of of why I've been absent. I will tell you this much. My, my mother was having some, some major health issues, and my mother did pass away two weeks ago today. And I want to talk about that with you guys in the coming episodes, about dealing with grief, because I'm not the only one dealing with grief. And there aren't a lot of honest, true answers out there. And, and I want to delve into that in another episode. So I hope you join me. I hope that you stick with me here. I know it's been uh, inconsistent, but I'm trying to send a good message and I'm trying to do something. I don't believe I'm the only one that feels the way that I do and thinks the way that I do. I don't think that I'm that unique. And I think I've lived long enough and I've lived a very full life and tried a lot of things. And I think I've learned some things on the way that could help all of you. So thank you for sticking with me. Have a good rest of your day and please listen to the next episode.